Hi, welcome to our podcast. I'm Melinda V. Hey, I'm Caitlin Kelly, but you can call me Kate. And together, we're here to share the wisdom of woo. Should we talk about ego? We should absolutely talk about ego. That's a big, that's a big topic. It's a big topic and we're only going to touch on it here because this could be an entire series worth of discussions. I wanted to um, talk to you about what ego means. I mean, it's, it's a Latin, it's taken from the Latin term, which means I. Oh, you've written that down. <laughs> oh, yeah, beautiful. Yep. Okay, I love that you've got notes. Literally wrote that down. <laughs> yep. So use of ego crept into psychology mostly through the work of Sigmund Freud, but it's interesting to know that he never used the word ego in his in his writings, you notice yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the id, right? It's the id. And I can't remember what um what his and the super word ego. was that he yeah, well, there's there's different. I mean, we're yes. So for me, yeah, there's you know we can talk about being egocentric. We can talk about someone having a an oversized ego or an out of proportion ego. I'm more interested in talking about um, how the ego, especially during the time that we're moving, and remember we're on the precipice or we're of a golden, a new golden age, a 2000 year cycle in astrology, we're moving into the age of Aquarius. And so when things shift away from fear, which is what we're doing, you know, the 3D, if you will, I'm simplifying again, is moving away from fear and moving into a state of love, consciousness and unity. And the ego doesn't like that because it feels like it's losing control you know it's feel like it's being shoved out of the driver's seat and thrown into the trunk or the boot if you're in Australia and that's what I really want to sort of um, concentrate on today if if you will and again knowing that this is such a big subject to cover but for us I feel like if we're working with within the sort of not constraints but within the realm of the wisdom of woo then that's where I think our focus should be today Kate well, I also wrote down that <laughs> the origin <laughs> of the ego, uh, ego in Latin means I, and it's really relative to conscious decision making. So the ego tends to take a back seat, but only when you're taking part in an activity that you love or engrossed in an experience. So when you're enjoying the moment that you're in, um, you're not concerned about yourself, your, your ego then moves out of the limelight. You're being present then. Mm. And mindful. Beautiful. And mindful. But when you do fall into any kind of despair or disheartening situations, you will resonate at a lower vibration and frequency. And when you attempt to pull yourself out of that, you really do think about yourself a lot. Even when you're trying not to think about yourself, you're forward thinking, you're backwards thinking, but you're never present moment thinking. It's always about, oh, this happened back then, or why can't I do this now? Or where am I going to be in three years? So your ego is super duper present. You need to be given that guy a boot 
to the to the boot. Is that what you called it? (laughs) (laughs) To the trunk. He needs to go to the back seat. I think I think also that living in the present moment, um, some would say would allow you to harness your intuition. Cultivating this ability of being present is much simpler than it seems. I mean, it's also really tough, but once you get it, you can get it. Uh, mm. We have to let go of fear. Sometimes I think of it as like a roller coaster almost where you're gripping on super tight to the handles, right? But if we let go of the fear and just let go of our grip that we hold so super tight, uh, the idea of being in control and you just breathe, be here now in the present. That's the way to be. You can harness your intuition that way. Beautiful. I love that. I really enjoy it. I I agree. And yes, as you said, it's simple, but sometimes it's not always easy. And for me, that's the ego messing with you and taking you away from that simplistic um, way of being for want of a better phrase. And Look, we need the ego. So I keep hearing people talk about kill the ego, kill the ego. And for me, uh, no, we don't want to kill the ego. We just want to shift its um, its importance in your life and let it know, like I said, like we both just said, moving it out of the driver's seat where it thinks it is and move it into the trunk or the boot or, you know, in my case, <laughs> locked in a cupboard <laughs> somewhere where I don't need it, you know, pop it, just go and have a little nest in, rest in this cupboard and I'll come <laughs> get you an hour or so when I need you so I don't walk in front of a bus. Um, so, you know, there is, well, there is, you know, that's, if, we, if we had no ego, then, you know, we wouldn't care because for me, and this is, this is, you know, could be a little bit triggering and we'll see whether we actually put this in the podcast or not, but for me, the fear around death has to be the fear of the ego dying because the soul never dies. Wow. How do we feel about that? Speechless on that one. In a good or a bad way? The fear of death is the fear of the ego. The ego's fear of dying because it does. It dies with the human body. The soul does not live in the body. It lives, uh, lives everywhere. The soul is everywhere. It's inside the body. It's outside the body. It is, it is eternal and the ego isn't. And that's, this is something that I've been pondering at the moment with, you know, certain things that I won't go into. Do you and think the fear the- around that for me is, yeah, it's because if you know that you are, you are endless, that the soul lives on, that this is just part of your journey being here on the planet um, and that you will, you know, you'll be reunited with whatever it is that you believe in is my understanding when you die, but being reunited with that, that unity consciousness, Hmm. then why would you fear that? (laughs) I think, I think you're definitely onto something with that. That's, that's wild. Well, that's Um, just my perception for me. And I'm, I don't know how anyone will take this and that's none of my business how you will take this, but I don't have fear of death. I don't have any fear of, I mean, I don't particularly want it to be painful and dragged out for 
ever. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to get to a point where I disassociate from that or I'm able to disassociate from the pain of the body and understand that it's, it's a beautiful thing, that that transition is a beautiful thing. And I know that when, my, when the time comes, you know, maybe I'll be feeling differently. I don't know, but right now, and it's easy to, to speak in this manner because it's not playing out for me at the moment, but with my yoga right. training, et cetera, and all the, the work that I've done over the years and the meditation, et cetera, et cetera, I, I don't have a fear. I, fear. I have a fear around how my children will mm-hmm. respond, how they will react around the people who love me, and, right. you know, hopefully I'm not left in my apartment for weeks with my cat eating me. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Leave it to you to say some shit like that. Oh, <laughs> this is why I love you know you. what I mean. I don't have. I mean, I guess. I guess my fear would be around death. Would be that I haven't. I haven't shared enough. I haven't completed my work. But then the other part, and that's ego, right? And then the other part of me is going. You will die when you're meant to die. You know, everything that you were meant to achieve will be achieved, and it'll be your time to go home. So I'm still conflicted around it a little bit, but that's that's just that's something that I've been pondering. That death, the fear around death, is ego related. Wow, there's a great way of differentiating intuition from ego, which is something that people find to be very difficult. And that is sit and stop talking and focus on your breath. And then you're going to start hearing that voice, that commentary pop into your head. Monkey mind. That's ego. The one that likes to talk a lot, the one that brings you negativity. And I'm not saying that ego is always bad. By, by any means, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is it's the chatterbox. It's the hamster on the wheel. It's the one that doesn't want to shut up. Get your duct mm-hmm. tape out, stick it on its mouth, <laughs> stick it back somewhere, put it in Melinda's trunk. Um, <laughs> but that's the one. That's, that's the voice. You need to pinpoint that particular voice because your intuition is a feel and it can be very faint. It's like, it's kind of like having opposing sides. One is like your superhero and your villain you know there's good parts about both of these things but you have to be mindful that (laughs) that ego is going to be much louder um, until you're able to understand how to quiet the ego and feel your intuition and when you can Mm -hmm. start noticing what that intuition feels like through meditation through grounding like we talked about in the last last episode that's where you can start harnessing your abilities. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. The more you uh, work with your intuition, the more you work with cleansing. For me, um, yeah, it's, I have to sit with that going, is it if I want to act immediately, if there's like this, um, there's this need or this desire to not take time and to just act impulsively, I have to think, ooh, I think that could be my ego. So I sit with it. Is what is that based in love or is it based in fear? You know, it might come at as anxiety or anger or, or whatever it is or self-destructive um, 
coping mechanisms, which, you know, some people might say, well, yeah, that's okay if I have a joint to drink, a box of chocolates. Yeah, have a nibble, have a mouth, you know, have one glass. But when it becomes, you know, a bottle, a, a, an entire box, then that's the coping mechanism and that's the quashing of what's your intuition and what's playing out. And that's where you have to question these things. And this takes practice to know that the ego, as it realises, that it understands that it's weakening its power of perceived <laughs> it's perceived position of power it can become sneaky and for instance the other day when I was going to the hospital to visit someone it was all this stuff was dropping into my mind all this fear-based stuff and I and I actually ended up having like a mad woman in the car a screaming match with my ego like how fucking dare you bring that up how fucking dare you do that you know I've tried different methods I've tried telling it to fuck off. I've tried the, oh, darling, you must be exhausted. I appreciate you so much. Go take a nap for 40 years, <laughs> you know, things of that nature. So I am, you know, and I will find maybe, you know, five, 10 minutes down the track that I have been in that monkey mind, that hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And I don't beat myself up about how long I've been there. I congratulate myself on going, wow, you caught that at 10 minutes rather than 10 hours, 10 yes. days. Well yes. done. If you're able to move yourself through a bad situation of fear, anxiety, of ego talking to you like that, if you're able to move yourself through that, like you've said, if it's five minutes, congratulate yourself. If it's an mm -hmm. hour, but it could have been four days, mm -hmm. hey, round of applause, you did it. You did it Absolutely. because you've done it because you're out of it. You're mm -hmm. moving forward. You're moving on. Yep. So it's positive reinforcement. And we have to also understand that please don't blame yourself, you know, congratulate yourself. You are creating neural pathways when you do that. And this is conditioning. We need to understand. This is not even, this is a millennia of conditioning to understand, to, for us to believe um, that we are not enough that what we have within is not enough. And the ego loves that. The ego loves that. And so please, please, please be gentle with yourself as you do this work, as you become more aware and more conscious to know that it's not just you. It's not just you and your shitty thoughts and being an asshole or whatever it is. It is conditioning. I think it's a beautiful thing. It's all alert. I mean, if we can move away from the ego bullshit, then it is a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a life lesson and it's a deep lesson to learn in, in my humble, maybe not so humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to learn about one type of stone that will help kick the severity of the ego back a couple of pegs, we can do... Mm -hmm. Kate's Crystal of the Week. Hey, that was perfect. <laughs> I remembered. <laughs> yeah. If we're thinking about ego type stones, I'm thinking Peridot. Mm, yeah, I like that for ego work. Yeah, it's a beautiful stone. I do have a little tiny piece of, and it's, um, I mean, it lessens the effects of the ego by bringing out unconditional love. Mm -hmm. As far as cleansing it goes my personal opinion cleanse that sucker every single day uh, mine is in a an ulm necklace and when i take a shower it i cleanse it mm. 
intentionally every single Mm -hmm. time I wash. So, Mm -hmm. um, since it's helping to rid the body of negativity, I think that it's very important that it's like sucking in all that negativity. You want to release that, get rid of it. Um, you don't want it exploding. Yeah. And it's also brought to the earth's surface from like 20 to 50 or so miles down. Wow. Brought to you by volcanic eruption or um, Mm. tectonic plate shifting. And there's only one other stone that does that. Now, I did read before something about it has sometimes Peridot has like uh, tectite properties as well. Um, Interesting. Like Moldavite, but mm-hmm. I can't quote anything specific on that. So I'm just going to continue to believe that it's brought to you by volcanoes because <laughs> I think that's damn cool. Like it's this episode cool. was brought to you by volcanoes. Sound <laughs> 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 effects oh, brought cool. to you by Kate. Um, <laughs> But just the velocity of a volcano, if you think about how amazing and incredible that could possibly be. And then it Mm. it shuffles up all of these little beautiful, oh, and they're green, by the way, little green stones. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous little. I love Peridot. I worked a lot with Peridot when I, back in my jewelry making days. And I actually have a piece of Peridot attached to an Om necklace that I made. So there you go. How about it? That's super cool. You also want to make sure you're watching out if you're by no means am I any type of doctor. So (laughs) disclaimer, 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 (laughs) disclaimer. (laughs) Um, When working with the ego, as far as stones and things go, um, egos, the ego can really deplete you of many things, but one you're going to run into potential like intestinal issues as, as far as like upper and lower intestinal issues, um, adrenal gland issues, some kidney mm. issues. Mm. Um, so when you're working with lack of self-worth, uh, you may run into a lot of that kind of thing. So um, if you do have any problems with that, I would invite you to work with any type of yellow stone and also some peridot i love that and i'll just add a little bit to that with yoga postures for the adrenals child's pose is beautiful Mm. a beautiful posture not prayer a lot of people call prayer position arms out in front they call that child's position that is not um balasana balasana is arms beside the body and third eye on the ground and that is beautiful to rest the adrenals which sit on top of the kidneys as we know and also for upper and lower intestines um, seated spinal twist is beautiful to um, squeeze out the toxins and then allow fresh blood flow into the body so check out those two postures if you feel that you're affected by your shitty oh I shouldn't say shitty ego by your fabulously wonderful ego that is losing strength as we speak (laughs) (laughs) your ego that will be muffled i mean i know we could talk about ego forever it would love if we talked about ego forever oh very true here we are 17 hours into the podcast 
Because and we're still talking about ego and it is thriving. I can see it doing it a little. Da, 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 I actually little set up, I actually set up all these mirrors so I could see myself while I did the podcast because <laughs> the ego, no, that wasn't funny. Okay. I'm sorry. I really didn't do that. <laughs> it's like, okie um, <laughs> you yeah, know, um, so I, I just want to talk about just a few more, um, tips on how to quieten the ego. Vipassana meditation is will blow your mind, <laughs> maybe literally. So, ten day silent retreat where we were. This is uh, the Buddha is uh, came up with this method. So, I'm not going to argue with him around releasing um, uh, trauma at cellular level. And this is ego based stuff. So, when you first maybe I think I experienced the first three or four days of you know sitting this is 10 hours a day of meditation um and having doing scanning through the body that's not what you do in the first couple of days but as you start to move into that i think it was like day three or four it's like my monkey mind i literally thought my head was going to explode it was the crap that was coming up and this is again this is ego thinking oh my god i'm losing power you know i've got to bring up as much trauma as i can i've got to bring up as much bullshit and anger as i can because i'm losing control it's the ego is based in fear and and i was like holy crap like i literally you know, and I'm supposed to be sitting, you're not allowed to move in Vipassana. You're not, you can't move a muscle. I would sit behind someone who was um, taller than me and who had more cushions. And so, cause I'm not that big. So I would sit behind them. And when the teachers weren't watching, I'd like, you know, tweak my elbow or something as I was like, cause I'm <laughs> too old for this shit, but I digress. So the monkey mind got crazy. And then the more that you just sit with it and the ego wants you to engage, right? Oops, sorry. When it brings up, um, all these memories and all this trauma and the, the role of the pasana is to bring it up. And this is all meditation, right? And just let it go. Do not engage, bring it up, acknowledge it. If you want to, Oh, that's interesting. Bye. Oh, okay. Going to let that go. I'm not going to go into the story of it. And so as you move through, I mean, we literally, you know, when you get to day six or seven, it's getting intense. I literally had, a woman go into hysterics screaming and run out of the room because wow. that's how intense this is. Um, but at the end of the 10 days, you feel such a sense of freedom. And by no means have I um, conquered the ego because I'm human and I don't have the time to sit in <laughs> 10 hours of meditation every day and do Vipassana. Don't tell the teachers that. Um, <laughs> but it was such, I felt so much lighter. I felt so much freer. I didn't want to, like on the, the last day you're allowed to speak because you're not allowed to speak to anyone. You're not allowed to look at anyone. You're not allowed to gesture to anyone. You're not, you go in there with a fresh pair of undies and a toothbrush, no books, no journals, no phones, no nothing. It's just the silence. You're just sitting with you. And at the end of it, when people started talking, I was like, oh my God, why are you talking? Why are you being so loud? I didn't want to leave that space because it was bliss. It was, wow. it was just a beautiful experience. So that's, you know, if you're hardcore, like I can be, the Pasana meditation will kickstart that journey for you. And so I suggest if you're not, um, um, if meditation isn't part of your daily practice to absolutely start with guided visualizations, meditations, or know that you... You don't have to sit cross-legged and meditate. 
when you're being mindful, when you're in the present moment, um, research, um, I'm going to tay, it's Thich Nhat Hanh, excuse me if I've mispronounced him, beautiful soul, Vietnamese monk, um, who teaches, you know, uh, walking meditations. You can be doing the dishes, you can be picking your nose. If you're in the moment and your mind is quiet and you're concentrated on what you're doing, that's meditation. Tapping, you know, tapping, tapping on the head and with positive affirmations, um, self, you know, mirror work, saying to yourself every morning, I am enough. I am love. I am light. I love you, Melinda. Or, you know, insert own name. <laughs> but, you know, don't go into the mirror and say, I love you, Melinda. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can. You I can. would really appreciate that. You can send me love. But these are some of them. Again, I only teach methods that I use myself. And I find, you know, that was a little bit uncomfortable to start with. But it's, again, it's retraining the brain. It's, it's moving away from fear and into love. Journaling is good if that's your thing. Definitely. You know, oh, yin, yin yoga is a good way to release. Um, and again, this is fear-based sort of cellular trauma that's stored in the cells is a nice thing to do as well. Um, what else, have you got any little tips there for us, Kate? Sure. I'm, waff, I'm not waffling, but I'm oversharing. Talking too much. The caffeine in the it's green It's the tea caffeine. <laughs> You're not talking too much, but it's the caffeine. I feel the same way. I'm over here like... <gasps> I want to play. I want to play. Um, <laughs> to whomever it is that's out there listening to a podcast, perhaps you are listening to a podcast because you are not a reader. However, for those of you who do like to read, that feeling that you get when you sit down to read a book and you, it's almost like a little bit of a ritual, right? So you grab your book you sit in a comfy space, maybe you make yourself a cup of tea or grab a glass of water and you, you know, get cozy with your favorite blanket, what have you, right? It's a little bit of a ritual. That feeling that you get while reading, that can be very meditative as well. Hmm. So many people get caught up in, well, I have to think of nothing. Isn't that what meditation is all about? Don't I have to rid my mind of all of all of the thoughts? Don't I have to focus on just my breath? No, that you do not have to do that. It is very difficult to get to that. And if you can get to that, bless you. <laughs> There's but, only a select few on the planet who can do that. The mind is, it's, it's not about quieting the mind. It's about not engaging in the mind. It's, mm-hmm. uh, in my understanding, it's almost in, it's impossible to quieten the mind. You just don't engage. And, and celebrating your ability to move your thoughts back to your breath, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if your thought moves out to, I should mow the grass today. I should have done that last week. Why didn't I? Oh, wait, I should be breathing. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, back to breath. Now congratulate mm-hmm. yourself. Bring yourself back to center. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're reading you get the sense of bliss. You get the sense of coziness. You get this sense of a well-being. You've done a ritual. You set an intention to sit down and read and be mindful of your space and your time. And you're taking time for yourself. 
part of that right there is moving your ego away. So that same kind of sense that you're getting. Now I'm not talking about if you're reading like some gnarly porn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say some gnarly romance novel. Come on. That's right. Fifty no Shades tax. of Grey. You have no time. Remind me to tell you about this, the story of Fifty Shades of Grey at the ashram in Austria, but that's for another time. Oh, jeez. But... <laughs> Yeah, or or some like, you know, it's not about the content of the book so much as it is the the special place that you are as you're reading it, if that makes any sense. Hmm. It yeah, yeah sense. as long as you're not <laughs> sitting there wishing that, you know, you were the the, you know, the the heroine driving the Maserati um, no. with her that's, you know, that's, that's ego, like going into, right. oh my no. God, I wish it was her. No, no you got to be you know, fully encompassed, engaged in, I don't know, when you're present in the moment, when you're mm. feeling a bliss. Yes. And when your feel, mind's feel not that. wandering. Yes. Yeah. Feel that. You're- that is ego. Goodbye. Backseat. See you later. We'll talk. We'll talk when you're ready, but not not right now. Not when I'm ready. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Ready. Very true. <laughs> when I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't read the Power of Now, which speaks about what we're talking about, being in the present, because the past doesn't exist in a certain sense. I mean, it, you know what I mean. It doesn't. It's no longer here, and the future's not here, and it's the Power of Now. So is it Eckhart Tolle? 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 Um, had the pleasure of being in his company as well. And he is um, an amazing being. And I think for um, beginners, it's a beautiful way to, I mean, there's so many texts out there. And I mean, we've sort of, I mean, we're talking, I mean, ego comes into most things, right? But if not everything, the little shit, but that book's a beautiful place to start. If um, you are new to the so-called spiritual path, these are all tools around which you can use to help quieten the ego. But mostly I would suggest just start being conscious of working with um, just being, yeah, keeping track of where the mind goes and how you can bring it back. And now it's time for some mindfulness with Melinda. Yeah. Uh, for me, ego is important to speak about just with what's playing out on the planet at the moment. And of course, that beautiful Mars retrograde that is playing out and is poking people. Mars likes to, well, Mars um, is um, exalted in Aries. And he, I'm not sure whether he's moved back into Aries or not as we record. By the time you hear this, you most definitely will be in Aries. And Mars likes forward movement. Movement. He is the god of war. He is the. Um, he works with um, sexual desire, with creativity, and he's, he's being. Yeah, he's being asked to 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 halt, and and he doesn't like that. And so this is this is internal. So you might find that. You know, people are a little bit more aggressive. People are displacing. People's patience um, is limited at the moment, and this could be yours as well. And this, we're not going to we're not going to put everything onto a planet because we have control. Okay, but this is like what I always say around astrology is it's like a bit of a forecast. If you know it's going to rain, bucket down. There's going to be thunder and lightning. You don't plan an outdoor picnic. Or if you do, you take an umbrella. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, a, for me, astrology sort of predictions, if you will, or forecasts are just a bit of a heads up. 
you know, and don't take it on board. Don't say, oh, okay, I'm going to be an asshole and everyone's going to be an asshole for the next six months while Mars retrogrades. No, just be mindful of it. And this, you know, when we displace, when we take things personally, this is ego playing out and this is what we're talking about today. Next week, we have our very first guest and we are so excited. Her name is Octavia and she's going to come join us and explain to you all things related to Samhain, which comes up on the 31st of October. You may know it as Halloween, but the traditional word is Samhain. How exciting. Can't wait. How about you, Kate? Oh, man, I am super excited about this. Keep in mind, everybody, if you have questions, topics for discussion that you'd like to hear on the podcast, feel free to reach out to us, Kate and Melinda at gmail.com. That's K-A-T-E-A-N-D-M-E-L-I-N-D-A at gmail.com. Hey, Melinda, you want to do that one thing that we do at the end of the episode? Sure, Kate. Until next time. Woo-woo is what we do-do. Bye. And I think Kate's trying to pick up a piece of selenite, but is struggling with that. <laughs> is that what's going on? That's, ex- that's exactly what was happening. I wanted to show it to you. It's just a little chunk. Little guy. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to have one like the size of my arm. Oh, wow. And like, wow. A huge, I don't know. Quite a girth. Hmm. Don't, talk about, don't talk about my crystals like that. <laughs> don't don't talk about your don't, crystals like that. Don't x-ray my it's, crystals. That's a girth. It, it's, I, that's, where's your mind going? <laughs> okay, we're going to start a new trend. Are you ready? Words that you cannot say on the podcast. Girth? You just said one. <laughs> girth? Stop. I'm not going to say girth. <laughs> Nope. Okay. What? Nope. Okay, what other words Done. can I say? Well, you'll find out whenever you say them. Oh, but okay. Number one. I'm not allowed to say, allowed to say um, cockney anymore, am I? <laughs> you can say cockney. That's no problem. The measurement around the middle of something. Okay. Kate, stop talking and I'm a bit scared. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Uh